Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. in Motes today on Overreaction Monday, I think we'll call it here going forward. We've got Chris Carter of DK Pittsburgh Sports in with us as Motesy has the day off. What's happening, Chris? What's up, Wes? How you doing, my man? Well, <laughs> for a guy whose two football teams lost by a combined 61 points. Could have been worse. This weekend. Man, you could have played. <laughs> could have been worse. Man, you could have lost about 4-0 to really put a chance. At least they were off this weekend. Uh, the Mountaineers lose by 30 on Saturday, and I think, oh, sorry, 31 on Saturday. Don't let, me, let me sell it short there. The Mountaineers lose by 31 on Saturday, and I think, all right, well, it'll get better. It certainly can't get any worse on Sunday. Well, I guess technically it wasn't any worse. It was one point less one than point. being worse. Jeez. Steelers lose by 30 last night to the Pats, and, and here's where I want to start with you, Chris. What's up? Uh, and, and chime in as we go along on the show at Wesley Euler at Carter Critiques on the Twitter.com. I said on Friday to so, Motes mm-hmm. that my one ironclad prediction was regardless of what happened, we were going to overreact today. Of course. If the Steelers won, it was going to be 16-0. and And look at this new addition of our Pittsburgh Steelers. And we're going to get a first-round bye. And we're climbing the stairway to seven. And Ben's the GOAT. And Tomlin's the GOAT. And Kevin Colbert can do no wrong. And... <laughs> and we've got the best offensive line ever and James Connors, Pittsburgh's favorite son. Or it was going to be fire everybody. Yep. Ben's washed up. Get Tomlin out of here. Get Colbert out of here. Everyone stinks. The defense stinks. Fire everybody. Replace everybody. Blow it all up. I think that, that was my prediction, right? Mm-hmm. Was that yeah. It's going to be an overreaction Monday regardless. That's kind of how it always is in the NFL, but particularly week one mm-hmm. when you open up against a team like the Patriots. But I'm starting to think I might have undersold that <laughs> a little bit, Chris. Yeah, I mean, everyone's kind of overreacting. You have Deion Sanders saying that he's not sure if Ben Roethlisberger is going to finish the season. Uh, I mean, just all over the place. First of all, you knew – I thought the Steelers had a very good chance to come in here and upset the Patriots. I did too. Because of the way that they played them last year. because The, the year before that, too. The way the year before that. Because of the way that the offense has been has, has been working on efficiency. They were the number one red zone offense last year. You thought, even without Antonio Brown, they were going to figure, figure some things out. And I think early on, the defensive game plan was the same, and, and it, it held the Patriots in check for a little bit. But – once the offense just kept putting them back out there, and that's been the biggest difference. In the last two years, in those early parts of the game, when the defense was making a couple plays and maybe not being great, but at least being good enough to, to hold the Patriots you know, in, in close range, the, Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers' offense was able to come out and put points on the board, give them a lead to protect, something to say, hey, we got your back, take a breather, you know, and force Brady to sit on the sidelines and watch something. That didn't happen, and then eventually you saw the defense start to implode with just mistake after mistake after mistake. But you're absolutely right. This is uh, this is uh, even more overreacting than <laughs> I thought that it was going to be. I mean, there's all sorts of – I mean, every, first of all, anytime the Steelers lose – they're going to see the fire Tomlin hashtag, sure. hashtag come out. I mean, they, they could lose by one point in the most ridiculous fashion that has nothing to do with coaching, and there's people going to be calling for him and, to be fired. And, and don't get me wrong. I get part of the you know the echo chamber, the mm-hmm. very hyperbolic reaction that, that we have as football fans on Mondays. It's, yeah. 
It's a 16 game season. Mm-hmm. It's a small sample size. It's not like in baseball where if your team gets blown out, you're like, oh, well, we got 161, 161 more games to go. Games. It's not like the Penguins or if you're in if you root for an NBA team and, and you lose bad one night on a Tuesday, but you're back at it on Thursday. Yeah. It it like I get the crazy overreaction, but man. It's a little different when you lose by 30 to those guys. And again, it's the arch nemesis. It's everyone's worst nightmare in Pittsburgh is to have to play and lose to those guys. Every single time they've gone up, they've gone to New England to play Tom Brady. It has been ugly. And I mean, and even the times that the score has looked close on the box score, like in the season opener a few years back, the only reason they looked close is because they put up some garbage they time points. They put up 14 in points in garbage time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's like, and it's the. This is just what everyone was was fearing. You know, I do uh, locked on Steelers with Tony Serino. Mm-hmm. Tony the whole time was like, he he was just he was like, look, man, I, I've I've learned not to ever think the Steelers could win up there, and, <laughs> and and I get that, I get that. It makes too much sense with how they've played and how they've been. But you, you, if you're if you're a Steelers fan, I th- I feel your pain. I feel your frustration, and you're tired of seeing you seeing it lose to you guys. Oh, and, it's so annoying. Yeah, and especially when you got talent on the roster and you have every reason to excited. You traded it to get Devin Bush. I, I do think one thing: if anyone thought Devin Bush was just going to walk into this field and be the the one guy that shut down Brady, who is just he's Tom Brady. He in, figures his, everything out. His first game in the National Football League. Yeah, you, in if, Foxborough. If in Foxborough, you were selling yourself. Now, I think still, I still think Devin Bush did well for what he. Was, I do too. Yeah, I mean, he he had what eleven tackles. I think it was. I mean, he he was going. He was all over the field. Um, and Tom Brady had to use play action to bring him out the middle to open up things. We'll get into those uh, a little bit later. We'll get but, into some of that usage too, specific position whoa, usage, whoa, and who was on the whoa, field, whoa, and how we feel about all that. Lots to talk about there. But I'm right with you. The overreactions are. Are high because everyone is uh, butthurt because the Patriots just whooped on the Steelers. It, dude, it is such a gut punch. It is really is, and it, and I mean, growing up in Pittsburgh, this is this is this is the worst night. I mean, I can't tell you when I was in high school, I was just like, ah, oh, this is the dumbest thing ever. Why can't they ever beat these guys? If you know, like Seattle comes here next week, right? Yeah. Say that the schedule was flip flopped, and yesterday the Steelers they lose to the Seahawks. By six points, mm-hmm. Jadavian Clowney and Russell Wilson have real big games. Yeah. Okay, maybe we're not hitting the panic button as much as some people are today. But it's just that whole disconnect, right? Of mm-hmm. it, it felt like, particularly too with the last two years. Yeah, I mean the Steelers outplayed them the last two years, albeit yeah. at Heinz Field. Yeah, they but go, they, they go up to Foxborough, mm-hmm. they lose by thirty, and I think what made it even more so surprising, Chris. It was like that first half of the first quarter. Yeah. Steelers defense is doing a good job of getting off the field. Yeah, they give up a couple first downs. Right. But nothing crazy. They're keeping everything in front of them. They're mm-hmm. getting off the field. Mm-hmm. The Steelers offense comes out first drive of the game, two first downs. Yep. They didn't, you know, they didn't put any points on the board, but at least they're moving the ball. Right. They're giving the defense time to rest. They're keeping Tom Brady off the field, mm-hmm. checking all those boxes. Two first downs on your first drive, and then you get one the rest of the first half. That's ridiculous. Like, where's the disconnect there? It was like it all unraveled so fast. Yeah, it, it really did. And, I mean, when you think about it, that one fourth down play where Moncrief dropped it, dropped the ball in the middle. That Wait, was, Moncrief dropped which one? Oh, gosh. we're gonna. That's another thing we're going to get into is just everything. A guy could not catch a single thing unless it was, you know, third and 20 and he was one yard away. No, from but you're him. absolutely right. A lot of the situ- situational football, particularly in the first half, was maddening. It was maddening. And third downs, fourth downs, maddening. And that one pass where, where he dropped it that was the only time all night where they were in Patriots territory think about that 
Well, in in the first half, I'm in sorry, the in the first half. half. Yeah. But but my point is, my point is that 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 is how that is how futile it was to to play offense for the Steelers last night. And what's crazy is I, I thought James Conner did as well as he could when he got the ball. We'll get into why he should, you know, maybe he should have gotten the ball a little bit more. No, let's get into that right now. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> get it. I mean, you did my blood my temperature <laughs> over here is just increased in Conner as we continue to talk here. What was up with that? How we do forty-seven percent of the snaps, right? Am I yeah. right? James Conner was on the field for. So let let's let's run let's run number down. one running back. But yeah, number less one running back. Less than fifty percent of the snaps. Less than fifty percent. Yep. The guy who. Yep. When you put out that big hype video on Get Thursday em. or Friday, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, that was a tight was the video. The focal point of the hype video. Yep. Less than fifty percent of the snaps. Mm-hmm. I don't. I let's let's run down the the, the snaps of, of all the offensive Talk weapons. We're skipping Ben and the lineman. All right. Top of the list, Juju, ninety percent, sixty-two snaps. Makes sense. Makes sense. Number two, tower tied with number one, Moncrief, also 62 t- snaps. If you would have said that before the game. Yeah, okay, yeah you would have bought into it because everyone's been hyping him up. Right. McDonald, 49 snaps, 71%. Switzer, 46 snaps, 67%. James Washington, 36 snaps, 52%. James Conner, 32%. For, 32 snaps, 46%. Down the list, you get Deontay 46%. Johnson. 46%. You get the guy, your Pro Bowl running back, that you thought was revitalizing your offense last year in the absence of Le'Veon Bell, and you can't find a way to get him on the field? And the guy who, too, when asked about his history with some injury concerns and things like that, Mike Tomlin has said he's built for this. Yeah. He said, he, and he said this was what he was supposed to be able to do. And then, I, I, you know, some people have said, well, they were running a lot of five wide. Well, James Conner is supposed to be able to, to catch the ball. And he's shown he can catch the ball out in space and make people miss. Why not line him up in the backfield and motion him out to the slot? Let, it, let him work. I, I just I don't get it. And the biggest thing, the biggest thing, the, the two things that make no sense for the guys that, that were above him. Moncrief, I get you thought that it was going to work. It didn't work. They got. They should really, really evaluate. If this happens again and they lose, that he gets ninety percent of the snaps when, and that's over. That's over James Washington and James Conner, and they lose again. They have another bad performance. That's gonna draw a lot more ire. I, people might be forgiving for the first time, but Ryan Switzer getting sixty-seven percent of the snaps when James Washington, who we all saw was a much better threat. In the preseason, in training camp, and and it oh, just, go back further than that. Yeah, everything in There's, his college career. In his college, exactly. <laughs> There's no point in in the game where you can say, "Oh yeah, Ryan Switzer, that's better than James Washington, and he's on the field more." There's then, been no point in their entire footballing careers. Careers, exactly. <laughs> I, either one, you can put, take him back to North Carolina. Ryan Switzer's never been there. One of those guys won the Bolitnikoff and was a second round pick. Oh jeez. The other Ooh. one, had, the other one's been on what three different NFL rosters. Yep. And his and his time is a, a, a rookie con, on his e- rookie contract exactly and and then and then that's still not to mention Switzer got in the field more than your starting running back you're fi- to be technically he's the fifth wide receiver on the depth chart and he is getting more snaps than James Conner what sense does this make now part of this everyone knows Ben Roethlisberger said he's like oh man why can't we me and Ryan Switzer be like Edelman and, and Brady yeah I'll tell you why. Tell me why, Wes. Because he's not anyone <laughs> as good as Julian Edelman. He's a fifth wide receiver. He's a fifth wide receiver. I don't want to make it seem like I hate Ryan Switzer. And we don't. He's a great hey, dude. Ryan Switzer was born and raised in West Virginia. All oh, right, you already okay. know. You already know. Go. You already know he's. Nah, my that's guy. why you like him. Uh-huh. <laughs> but there was that thing, like it's so funny you bring that up because I was thinking about that this morning. Mm-hmm. 
I had that same line running through my head, and I think they – I always, you know, when I get up in the mornings, I turn on the DVE morning show, particularly during Steelers season. And, and I think it was, it was Pursuta or, or Randy Bauman, one of them, who brought up that quote again. And, like, it just smacked me in the face. Like, you know why we can't do that? Because, be, because Julian Edelman is, 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 is a much better player yeah, than Ryan Switzer. He, he's a number one slot because, threat. Because Julian Edelman is – he's not a Hall of Famer. No. <laughs> that is the – every no, time they bring I that know. up, someone should be smacked. But he's a, he's a Hall of Very Gooder. <laughs> <laughs> Hall of Very I – like, I like that phrase, a Hall of Very Gooder. Like he, like he's not a Hall of Famer, but he's a Hall of Very Gooder. But do people know how many wide receivers out there would have to make the Hall of Fame before Julian Edelman? Heinz Ward would need to make the Hall of Fame three, before three times. Exactly. Before I mean, and, and then there's a long list of guys. Like I was, I, I once, I it's been it's been a few months, but like during the summer when I was when I, when I had this debate with someone, um, just 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 with a friend, and they were like, "Yeah, Julian Edelman, he can make the Hall of Fame." And I went through every receiver who had not just more yards, more catches, more touchdowns. They were just a bigger threat. I mean, Chris Carter, my namesake. Well, he's not really my namesake, <laughs> but you know, but me when I was with the Minnesota Vikings, he had to wait five. Five years to make the Hall of Fame. Five years! And at the time, he was arguably the second best receiver next to Jerry Rice. Now, he's yeah. been surpassed since then. Right. But still, when you retire with that kind of legacy, it took him five years. If it took that guy five years, how in the world do you think Edelman can even make it unless he's like, you know, in the seniors? Ages in like 2050 when they eventually get uh, start start letting in guys. It's like, hey, we, we missed you. When We're they sorry. do the next like centennial class. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the next that that's the that's the time that Julian Edelman should get in because he's made several clutch plays and he deserves well, credit. Ugh. Like I said, he's a Hall of Very Gooder. Yeah. But Ryan Switch is not. If if you are going to induct Hall of Very Good New England Patriots, you'd have to get probably a dozen guys in before Julian. Edelman. I would take Troy Brown over him. I'm thinking of a bunch of guys like Richard Seymour. Yes, Richard and Vince, Seymour. And Vince yep. Wilford. Yep, Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teddy Bruce. Yep. All those guys Keep have, going been, all those guys have yeah. been more important. Exactly. I would, well, not more important, but on that same level. Right. As I, mean, I mean, Wes Walker was the same thing. I think he was even more of a threat than, oh, than sure. Edelman was. For sure. But to bring all that full circle. All that poo-pooing we just did with Julian Edelman. <laughs> he's still a very good player. He's, and he's still much better than Ryan Switzer. He's much better than Ryan Switzer. Mm-hmm. I just And on the flip side, Tom Brady's also much better than Ben Roethlisberger. I, I know mean, that, and that's I don't hurt think, people's listen, feelings. I know we're on Steelers Nation radio here, but I don't even think that's insulting to say. It, 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 it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. I, but Brady I have been attacked for that when and, I've said and, that I think, before. I think from a mental capacity standpoint, too, that's the biggest thing. Like, Sure. Uh, and I, we we did this last week on the show. Mm. Moats and I did a whole thing, a whole set. Moats and I argue about quarterbacks a lot. Okay. I, I know you listen yep, to the show yeah, from time yeah, to time. I've seen you guys. Moats and I argue debates. about quarterbacks a lot. Like I don't think it's even a close conversation that Aaron Rodgers is more talented than Tom Brady is yeah. at this point. That Patrick Mahomes is more talented. Those guys have better arms. They're more athletic. Mm-hmm. But man, there's just something about the surgical nature of Tom Brady. And Julian Edelman plays into that too. Mm-hmm. And now you had Josh Gordon and oh Philip gosh. Dorsett, and, and uh, a certain a certain guy we're that gonna, we're going to jump around <laughs> a lot here. All right, this this show today is not going to be like linear. We're going to be uh, uh, a typical Monday. We're going to be like so Charlotte's like, Web. So like the Steelers defense. We're going to be like yes. We're going to be like <laughs> Charlotte's Web all over. We're going to be talking Brady and then defense and then secondary and then offensive line and then James Conner and then Ryan. Ooh. We're going to be we're going to be spider webbing today. But when we come back here, I want to talk trenches with you. Let's do it. Is that fair? That's fair. Because that is one area of the game that if you would have said to me, where are the Steelers going to make their bones against the Patriots? Mm -hmm. It's got to be in the trenches, right? Of course. Your offensive line should dominate their defensive Mm -hmm. line. Your front seven should dominate their front five. Mm -hmm. 
Well, it was the other way around. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's talk about that when we return. Chris Carter in for Arthur Motes on Twitter at Wesley Euler at Carter Critiques. That's such a good. That that's a great Twitter handle. You, it sir. just rolls off the tongue. So, <laughs> and for for those of you who know Chris and follow his work, he does a little thing called Carter's Classroom. That I do. We will have a special edition of Carter's Classroom today at one o'clock on the show. Yes, sir. So normally on Mondays, right? This works out perfectly. We do a thing uh, called Professor Moats Mondays, Ooh. where he deep dives Professor into, Motes. you know, like this is the thing that was the diff, or you know, these are the two or three things that were the difference. Mm-hmm. This is what you know with a keen football eye. Mm-hmm. Well, it's perfect. We swap out Professor Moat's Monday to go into Carter's classroom. So still class, make sure you bring your pencils, yeah, all right? Yeah, class, is, notes for y'all. class is still in session today at one o'clock, Carter's classroom. And uh there's also a lot of stuff going on around the league that we have to get into in the next uh, hour and forty five minutes as well, too. If one thing makes us feel better about our pain on this Monday, it's that the Cleveland Browns and their fans are at least going through the oh same thing. Oh, my gosh. And it was the Titans. You know we'll talk about those brownies and, and that quarterback and head coach in Baltimore who are talking all kinds of trash Ooh. all of a sudden. Uh, but when we get back, what happened in the trenches last night? Wesley Euler, Chris Carter with you. It's Steelers Blitz. It's the Electric Factory, and it's on Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Breaking news into the SNR studio. Breaking news? Breaking news. What we got, we got, Wes? We got some news to react to here, Chris. Oh, my goodness. Josh Dobbs has been traded. What? Fifth round pick. To the to the who? Not the Colts. No. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Wow. He's going to join the Jaguars, who just no, lost. the Jaguars. The Jaguars. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mispronounced <laughs> that. I I forgot that. That is how Pittsburgh pronounces that team. <laughs> and I think England, too. England, you know, too. Really? talk about the Jaguars. You know the, the car? Jaguar. If you always oh, the listen Jaguars. to like, their, their commercials, you know. You're right. Drive the new 300 the class Jaguar. <laughs> That's actually on the, the I never thought the about The 2019 that. Jaguar. <laughs> oh, my God. You're so right. Uh, this coming with uh, Nick Foles being ruled out for yeah, the season. Yeah, which is it's tough very to see for him. Man. Good fin- dude. And, and He's had a ton of success. Yeah. Finally gets a chance to be the guy. And, and that. Pff, and what? First quarter? First quarter. I mean, first quarter. I mean, and it was just. They landed right on his shoulder. Ugh. That's so rough. But it is rough, but man. Josh Dobbs. Good for Dobbs. Oh, yeah, great. I mean, he's a great guy. I, I think I think he, he deserves an opportunity to grow somewhere. He wasn't going to get that with Mason Rudolph winning the job. But uh, I dread the, the 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 quacking sounds that I'm going to hear. Yeah, you're on Crowley's show oh today, aren't you? Oh, God. It's going to be a nightmare. So does, does this mean the return of one Devin Hodges, right? To be. If, we're, if, we're, if we're connecting the dots oh here. Oh, my gosh. I, I already have Tony. He, he loves it. Uh, it's starting. It's, it's already starting. <laughs> that sounds more like the penguin from uh, Batman Returns. Listen, all right, I can only do so much here, okay? <laughs> but, oh, my gosh. I mean, he's coming back. I can't tell you how long I listened to Tony Serino talk about Devlin Hodges this summer, and it's going to be a <laughs> nightmare. Oh, no, uh, Eddie I thought Spaghetti. I was free. I thought I was free of the quacks, and they're, no, I'm, this is going to be for the rest of my life. <sighs> Chris Carter in for Arthur Motes today inside the Electric Factory on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at Carter Critiques. Chris, what happened in the trenches last night? Uh, let's start on the offensive side of the football. Okay. Okay. 
Start off the game, like I, you said. I thought that was the b- Steelers' biggest – if you would have asked me the Steelers' biggest advantage yep. going into the game last night, I would have mm-hmm. said their offensive line. Uh, yeah. Maybe their defensive line against the Patriots' offensive line, which, mind you, had a left tackle and a center that had five starts between them in their NFL career, but we'll get there. Yep. Let's, st- let's start with the offensive line. What happened – we've been pounding our chest, and rightfully mm-hmm. so, in Pittsburgh now for two or three years. Mm-hmm. We've got one of the truly elite offensive lines in football. It's the Steelers, it's the Cowboys, and it's the Eagles. Yeah. Well, those three teams have the elite offensive lines, and we pound our chest, and, and it, it should be true. But what happened last night? So you start the game off the first couple, the first drive especially. You get they run the ball a ton, they're, and and it's working. They're catching them out in space. They're doing the right things. They're timing the blocks right. But then eventually the Patriots say, "Okay, we're gonna load the box now. We're gonna bring more people down to help." And this was the biggest thing that I thought that that because the Patriots they barely did anything to address their problems in in the defensive front. Now, granted, Danny Shelton didn't play last year. He was back this year. They added Michael Bennett. They drafted yeah, so Chase they lost Trey Flowers. They all, but it, 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 right, Kyle it, Van Noy didn't play last it, night. But it, so, so there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of moving parts there. But still, you you looked at as the game went on, the Patriots were just flying up to the ball to cl- to clog the, to clog those lanes. And you saw the the Steelers weren't able to always win. Danny Shelton. This was the first time in Danny Shelton's career that he's ever beaten the Steelers because you remember he was drafted by the Browns. He was their nose tackle, and there were some times that he gave Marquise Pouncey fits because Pouncey. Pouncey's biggest weakness, in my opinion, has always been oversized defensive tackles that can get off the ball, and that's why you saw you've seen him struggle against like people like Fletcher Cox um, and, and guys that just that are bigger. Uh, but Danny Shelton was in that class, but it, they could negate it out because he was the one thing on the Browns' defense back then, and, and and on the defensive line you could scheme around that. The Patriots, however, you got them, you got Bennett playing well. Chase Vinovich also looked looked decent, though he was he com- did. yeah, I mean he was coming Bennett off. Bennett looked great, right? But Bennett was on was still looked like he was in every his prime. year. I'm like, all right, this guy's got to like start to slow down, exactly. right? And he, and he, and he still just, looks just, like it's 2014, just like every, another Patriot that we keep. <laughs> every year. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of. I, I I did dig that he would be. Uh, he said his college was Wakanda forever. That was that was an interesting. <laughs> that was interesting. How about James Conner too? Giving the Erie McDowell shout out. That was that was solid. I, I always I always appreciate giving your high school a shout out because especially when you're when you're from the Ohio State or Michigan or USC. Does it bother you now too how everybody says like oh the University? Everyone says the now. Yeah, yeah it's like it's. But I mean they because they, they want to cancel out Ohio State's power. I get it. Like, I get that you're too. Tired, you're, uh, listen, when I when but I it's went, like just come up with something new. All right. <laughs> <laughs> just come up with, I, I listen. I went to law school right and and every, Uh-oh, Mr. everybody. Educated over uh, yeah, okay, here we go. But. One of us graduated from WVU in four and a half years. The other one has a law degree. <laughs> but but the first day of class, everyone stands up and they're saying where they gradu- graduated from and everything. And there were about five Ohio Staters, and they all said the Ohio Did State. You go, you go to Pitt Law. Yeah, I went to Pitt okay. Law. Yeah, and and so we, you had a bunch of Ohio Staters at Pitt Law. Yep, huh? and, and, and it was it was funny because everyone else was like, oh, okay, calm down. But so I, I get it. Other athletes are like, we're tired of that of that title of you dangling that over I us. I get it too. We're gonna we're gonna say the. But okay. Back to the offensive line. What happened, Chris? They you you saw that when the Patriots started overloading, and it gave it gave the when you when you start doing that, you allow your defensive line to be more aggressive. And you saw that there were times where Danny Shelton he would he would he would use one hand to keep Pouncey at bay, and then he would charge in. It allowed him to take more risks because if he missed, if he if he became out of position and he got flattened, he knew he had Dante Hightower coming in behind him. They had people to support him. And the thing was is when that happens. You, as as an offense, you can't always account for that. Even when you have the best offensive line in football, that is when you need a quarterback to be able to say, okay, they're playing the run this way. 
let's hit them with something with a play action, with a pass over the middle, with a pass deep to back these linebackers off. That's what Tom Brady did to the Steelers defense. Uh, you know, in the in that second half and in the in the second quarter, when you saw him start to hit play action, Devin Bush and Mark Barron fly up, Julian Edelman over the middle. He had those boys on a string. He and, really did. And, and but that's the that's one of the things that the Steelers have not done enough of over the years is play action. I thought that was what really worked for them back in the 2005 playoff run. Dude, amen. You 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 are preaching not to the choir to the pastor now. Yeah, it's it's. it's I've been just, talking about this since March. It, it, they had they, the lowest play action percentage in all of football and, last year. And you, when you have a great offensive line and a running a threaded running, running back and a Pro Bowl running back and and that's just, and that's to say that's a downgrade from the Pro Bowl running back that that preceded him. Why is this not just an, an, a, a staple of the offense? I I don't get that and. I don't know if that's a. It's obviously it is a pl- that is a play calling thing because some people. Oh no doubt. Because but because I'm but I'm saying like why why wouldn't Ben Roethlisberger like hey I, I'm going to just use because play I'll action. tell you why it's got to be at this point right mm. and I don't like to assume you know what say they say happens when you assume but we've got years now proof of this yeah Ben doesn't like play action uh, w- like, what's the what's what's the other explanation it, it has to be that has, I mean other I mean this is his offense and again Randy Feekner is his hand picked guy so they sit down in meetings and they say and and at Randy Feekner. Ben, what do you like to do? And at this point, if play action still isn't a staple of the offense with the with the ground and pound styles that they have, that is that that just has to be the reasoning there. So my opinion, the the you know when I've been looking over the tape and I, I still got to wait for the all twenty two to come out, but the my initial reaction is that. The Steelers early on said, hey, we still have the advantage in the offensive line. The Patriots said, okay, we're going to take away that av- advantage by by giving our defensive line some support. We dare you to, to beat us. They played a lot of cover one man. They played a lot of cover two man. They were pr- they were forcing tight passing windows for Roethlisberger to fit all around the field, and they were doubling Juju Smith-Schuster. They were putting Stephon Gilmore on him. They were saying, you're going to beat us with, with Ryan Switzer so and with James Washington. Their secondary is so good. Yeah, and, and, and the funny thing is, is that Gilmore is like the Joe Hayden of their secondary, and the thing is, is that the re- the rest of the guys, they're all really good role players. None of them are super like the McCordys well, aren't. McCordy brothers, twins. Are they twins or brothers? They're, no, they're twins. Are they twins? They're twins, and they I think they have a UFC, th- you, you, a triplet or a brother. Yeah, uh, you might be right. Uh, yeah. yeah, you think they're just okay? Like I think those. I guys think they're are criminally good. underrated. I, I, they're underrated, but I, I don't like great. In, in in that when you start talking about great, you start talking. I start talking about like the Earl Thomases, and they're sure, not they're sure. not in that class. Like that that's my. But when I say they're good, they're good role players. That these are guys that if you put them on other teams, they'd be decent. But they're very good in this scheme because what the that's Patriots what, ask them to do. They're tailor made to do exactly. And when and Bill Belichick, he finds ways to make people useful. It's Mike Vrabel couldn't find a spot to start in the Steelers roster, but he was a doggone superstar for for Bill Belichick in the early two thousands. This is just what he does even before he was the Patriots when he was with the the Giants in in, in the in the 80s and the 90s uh, when he was when he went up against Jim Kelly in the K-Gun offense he was the, their defensive coordinator he figured he was the first person to figure out how to shut that down this guy's a defensive genius that's a big part of why they succeed that's also why he knows hey if I have a weak spot I'm gonna support that and force you to beat me in one of your weak spots and that was throwing the ball flipping sides here yeah I, I mentioned it a, a couple minutes ago I also felt really good about the Steelers in the trenches on the defensive side of the football mm-hmm. going into last night. Mm-hmm. The Patriots' offensive line consisted of a center who started five games in his NFL career. Yeah, a left tackle who's a pedigree guy, Bel- second round pick, Belichick's highest draft pick, Isaiah Wynn. Belichick's highest draft pick he's ever taken of an offensive lineman mm-hmm. out of Georgia. Yep, you know, pedigree guy, second round pick. Fine, he missed all of last year with an injury, so he's essentially a rookie. Right. So you've got a rookie starting at left tackle. Yep. You've got a center who's played five 
flipping games get in the National Football League. Get him, Wes. And I get that their style is you're, you're never going to be able to pin your ears back and go after Tom Brady and the Patriots in the way they play offense. I get it. He's getting rid of the ball in two seconds mm-hmm. every time. Mm-hmm. But I still expected more than what I saw last night. I, I expected them to dominate at least the run game, at least take something away. Like, I get it how they, they scheme so well. And you know you're never going to be able to completely handcuff the Patriots. And as much as you want to be able to maybe, you know, make them play left-handed, mm-hmm. it's much easier said than done. The, the, the one guy I saw really excel on the defensive line when he was in there was Javon Hargrave. Yeah. You, you, saw him, you saw him create the pressure on that third down stop when they got the ball at the end of the first half. He had Brady on roller skates, yeah, man. Brady, Brady and, was like, oh! And, 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 and he's <laughs> done this. I mean, he's, his first his rookie season, he sacked Brady. I think his second season, he sacked Brady. Vince Williams' interception was because he pressured Brady. I mean, he just he does this over and over. Now, I want to ask you, mm-hmm. and if this is just – this isn't to, 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 to question your knowledge, but this is just going to be a fun game. If you had to guess the percentage – of snaps that Hargrave played last night, what would be your number? Probably in the 60s. Lower. Low, really? Lower. 50s. Lower. Wow. 37% no way. snaps. Jeez. You know who had more snaps than him? Tyson Alulu. I don't get that. Let's, let's talk about that, too. Why? It seemed like that was happening in the first quarter. Yeah, like Chicolo was and Ola were being oh, subbed in in the first I, quarter. I didn't. What is what? what what's I the point that of that? It's the first quarter. You trying to keep guys fresh in the first quarter of the first game? I, I, I'm my only guess there is that possibly they felt and actually Oladini didn't get one defensive snap. It was just Chicolo getting 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 rotated in there um, okay, with, with the right. defense. But no, that's but true. but but the thing is, is that you're you're if it, I get it, you want to keep fresh legs. But there were so many times you put Chicolo in there and he was just. He was ineffective. He was lost. He was. It was. It was just problem after problem after problem. And 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 this is this is one thing I'll say about the trench war that the, the Patriots did adjust on from last time. They were putting bodies on T.J. Watt. They, I mean, and T.J. Watt he would get attention before, but I mean, you saw Rex Burkhead and Marcus Cannon. And then you and then you saw tight ends just going out there. You saw the the running backs chipping. They were doing everything they could to make sure that T.J. Watt would not be a factor in this game. But in doing so. You'd think that the interior pass rush would get a shot. Maybe Bud Dupree, he was looking solid in the preseason. He did have the lone sack, but it was one of those Bud Dupree sacks that you're like, "Good, congrats, Bud, but, you know, we're down 24 points. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, it's, it's those levels of frustration. The, the Patriots, they found ways to soften up the defense. But, but part of it, you know, early on, you saw Stephon Tewitt get in the backfield, create those lanes for the linebackers. That was happening. And then you saw Tom Brady just do what he does. And Tom Brady's adjustments aren't always passing games. When he says kill, 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 that needs to tell you he sees a hole in your defense and he's going to give a simple handoff to the right gap and he's going to get four or five yards. That kept happening. A lot of the times when the Steelers' defensive line is beaten by this team, it's because – and when this team mean the Patriots – it is because Brady is seeing their gaps. He's seeing where they're where they're going where they're going, and he's like, "Hey, I'm not going to run into them. I'm going to figure out a way we can we can go behind them and get our guys to to get some good matchups." They 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 were out schemed, you know, in, in in the trenches there. And there were times that they 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 were able to get pressure. They were able to to to, to stop the run, and they were able to, to do things right. But all in all. Uh, the the defensive front that the Patriots it, it, and it's pre snap it's pre snap it's not it's not like an overall game plan that the Steelers were just woefully uh, they, they didn't have a plan they just said hey we're just gonna go out there and just play football and just see how this goes they had a plan 
But Brady, when he looks at when he looks at the line, he's able to make those adjustments. And again, this is why he's the best processor of the field that I've ever seen. He makes those things happen even without even throwing the ball. It's maddening. <laughs> maddening. It's maddening. I, I want to stick with the defense a little bit with you when we come back here. I want to talk about how Cam Kelly being out there yesterday Oof. affected the Steelers' scheming abilities, how the Patriots targeted him, and how that kind of trickled down to the rest of the defense. If you want to chime in, again, on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at Carter Critiques. Talk a little bit about the defense when we return. We're also only about 25 minutes away here from going inside of Carter's classroom at 1 o'clock where Chris, where Chris will give you the hard-hitting information the X's and O's, the what-you-need-to-knows about last night's debacle in Foxborough. Uh, and, hey, maybe we've buried the lead through two segments here, but, duh, <laughs> we got to talk a little Antonio Brown before we get out of here. And, like I mentioned in the last segment, we can all come together at some point here for a few minutes and at least laugh that the Browns are exp- – the 16-0 Super Bowl-winning Browns are at least going through some of the same pain that we are a, li- a little bit. on this Monday morning. But at least theirs was at home against the Titans. The Titans. Not on the road. Not, Marcus Mariota. Not on the road against the best team of this generation. Yeah. Uh, but we, we, still got a, we still got an hour and a half or so to roll here. Plenty of time again at Wesley Euler, at Carter Critiques on Twitter. We'll stick with the defense when we return. It's the Electric Factory. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. If you're just joining us, if you missed it, Josh Dobbs is off to Jacksonville. Fifth round draft pick for Josh Dobbs. Best of luck to him, of course. The Jags making that move in lieu of Nick Foles going down for the season. About 120, about 40 minutes from now, we'll do a little around the league talk. Uh, talk some injuries, some substantial Ooh. injuries that happened mm-hmm. in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other teams in the division that had some some uh, interesting results, <laughs> to say the least, <laughs> in Baltimore and in Cleveland. Uh, but we're sticking with the Steelers now. We'll take your tweets again at Wesley Euler at Carter Critiques. And the, you know we're getting the we're getting the duck tweets here. Oh, you gosh. know once Dobbs They're is coming. gone now, time to bring They're back coming. the boy Devlin oh, Hodges. Oh, no. I can't take I'm it. Just, uh, you guys got to catch Carter. What is it, 5.20 you're doing Crowley's I think fi- show? 5 o'clock today. 5 o'clock. All right, five make sure you tune into ESPN Pittsburgh oh, at 5 o'clock. Because it's it's going to be a nightmare. I'm already if getting – you, you know, If you like duck calls especially. Oh, my gosh. they they uh, The quacking doesn't stop. I've already gotten texts from Brian LaMartina saying quack, quack. I'm like, ah! <laughs> Leave me alone! <laughs> I wanted to ask you before we – and listen, I know we're about to get – we're going to get a uh, – we're going to get a good uh, football lesson here in about 20 minutes from Chris Carter as we go into the classroom. But wanted to continue to pick your brain about some of this stuff that we saw last night. Uh, one guy that we haven't talked about yet, really, I think at all. I mentioned him there at the end of the last segment, but that was it. Cameron Kelly. Yeah. Making his first start in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially a pseudo-rookie. He had some time with the Cowboys. But a, but a rookie. Yeah, he had some time in the AFF, but basically a rookie. Uh how did him being out there last night affect what the Steelers were able to do from a scheme standpoint, from a personnel standpoint, and how did the Patriots, as they always do, go about exploiting that? So one thing that the Steelers were really looking forward to doing was using three safety sets where him, Davis, and Edmonds could each play switch between strong and free safety. Is that the big nickel that they talk about? Yes, okay. that's the big nickel. And and, and this would th- – th- this, in theory – would change how the Steelers could operate because then you have three guys that can each they have size they're all over six foot 
They, they, that means they could probably challenge some tight ends. They're, it, you know, it's not you're not going on with there with Robert Golden, who for all the things that he was able to do for the Steelers as a as a lower depth chart guy, he was in position, but he just you can't. He he's not he's not gonna he, he's not gonna stop anybody. You know, he's not gonna stop Rob Gronkowski or or or, or, or even you know a, a mediocre tight end coming coming over the middle because he's just he loses that height battle. But with the defensive backs with Cam Kelly, he played every single snap. That's not what you wanted to see out of that. You, you wanted to you wanted to see him and uh, like well, I'll run down my defensive back snap counts. Cameron Kelly, hundred percent, seventy snaps. Terrell Edmonds, also hundred percent. Nelson, hundred percent. Hayden missed, missed one, one missed, snap, missed right? one snap, yeah. and Burns filled him in that one snap. Hilton played sixty nine percent. Sutton played twenty four percent. To me, I look at that and I say, how much of that would have changed if Davis is in, and then you can rotate Kelly in the slot with Hilton, which was a matchup thing that they were going to use. Because Hilton, Hilton's a good instinctual player, but you're starting to see the limitations. Of a five foot eight guy. Exactly. In the National Football League. In the, I mean, and just you, you can't lock people up forever in the slot. They're eventually going to out-physical you. And that's what you started to see. I mean, the, the one touchdown to Dorsett in the slot uh, where Brady looks off Edmonds. I mean, yeah, he looked off Edmonds. But Hilton Hilton is a, is a trail cornerback. He he gets on your back shoulder. He crosses the field with you, and then he challenges the ball. But when you get a guy like Dorsett, and if he beats you with one step, and and that's it, it's it's a nightmare. Especially when you're playing cover one, and Edmonds has to account. He's he is the the safety. That is when it's that is when you're in trouble. And um, I think Hilton's in, in in a rough spot. Cam Kelly maybe would have been able to be a little more physical, get a jam up on, on him, and, and made it tougher for him to make those type of throws. And also, when you're taller, you can close down that passing window because when Brady's lobbing it, you have that a little bit more reach. I mean, that's what happened on the, the one play. Terrell Edmonds was uh, gotten James White's way at the end of the first half. He's just a little bit taller, so you can't just float it over him a, as easily. Uh, but Cam Kelly, uh, you know, I can't be too mad at the guy. He's coming off the no. AAF. Yeah. But but I mean like the the one He wasn't expecting to be starting Right, exactly. <laughs> a I, Sunday I guess, night in Foxborough, I'm sure if you would have asked him a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Right. And, and I mean and, and nobody nobody would have thought that. And but you you see and like there's times communications were breaking down, but also just the instinctual moments. You saw the Steelers last year, they took away all the deep plays. Sean Davis was making That's sure the one thing you say about Sean Davis, yeah, for his his some of his shortcomings, mm-hmm. certainly, he does a great job of Keeping the, you hear the term right? Take the top off the defense. Yep. The one thing that you got to say, Sean Davis does a great job of, mm-hmm. is keeping the top on, on the, the defense. defense. Right. Last year, I mean, two years ago, nobody gets past him. Exactly. Two years ago, the, the 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 Steelers were getting shredded for deep play after deep play when Mike Mitchell was in town. Last year, that stopped. It was over. Sean Davis was the free safety. It's it was done. This 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 first game. You saw that start to break down. I mean, the the one touchdown over the middle when it was right up. Yeah. I mean, you saw Cam Kelly. He is the safety. Now, granted, it was it looked like it was cover two. Him and Edmonds both should have seen this. But Cam Kelly saw the man coming come over in the middle of the field, and it's a nine route. He jumps it. Like, he jumps underneath it like he's going to cut. You are the safety. Even if you think he's going to do that, you got to keep yourself behind him. You can't allow him to get past you. And he walked down the field. It, that, that, those are, those, that's one of those moments. Like, that's not a coaching thing. That's a – you, uh, you, you laid an egg there. That's like you know, right. hey man, you got to take that, take that for yourself. Um, Cam Kelly, not you know, don't 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 say he's oh he's he's a bum, get him out of here. But you know, you see the limitations of hey, when when a guy's just getting introduced to a defense and it's Tom Brady picking you apart, you're gonna find they're gonna find holes. 
I think what was so discouraging about that, too, is you really felt much better this year about Edmonds and SD Sean Davis going into the season, right? Sean Davis was a guy that his first couple years with the Steelers, they asked him to wear so many different hats. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, a play on the outside is a corner. Play, mm-hmm. play in the slot That's is a corner. corner. Yep. Line up at both safety positions. Yep. You felt like last year he finally had nailed down his position, his role in the mm-hmm. defense. And then you had Edmonds next to him, a rookie last year. Yep. Both of those guys still on their rookie deals. Both yeah. still young. Yep. yep. You felt like, okay, they cut their teeth last year, mm-hmm. right? Sean Davis finally found his role, his yep. position where he's best. Edmonds got that rookie year. We know what it's like being a rookie in the yeah. National Football League and just how your head is spinning for the entire year. Faced, I think he faced five NFL MVP quarterbacks last season. Yeah. I mean, that's and a, played more snaps than any anybody, rookie in the National Football that's League. That's insane. Like, uh, you really felt that, okay, this year now that they kind of got that trial by fire last year, and Edmonds is now in his sophomore year, we expect him to take that step up. And Sean Davis is now locked down his position. We expect those two to feel more comfortable together. Yep. And then you don't even get to see it in game one because of injuries. Man, yep. that's frustrating. That's, that's, and and that's, that's the you know, next man up mentality. You've got to be prepared for those moments. But that's just one of the things that you, when you're playing the Patriots, you need your guys. And, and, yeah, you and, need and, your horses. You need your horses. And, and you saw that with the Chiefs last year. You, you know, week, week one defense, you know, they were, they, they, they were hanging in there. You know, and, and they, I mean, they did as much as they could to keep the Steelers tied against the Browns. But you saw all the breakdowns happen when Joe Hayden came out against the Chiefs. And, and, you know, Joe Hayden's that kind of a player. But, I mean, Sean Davis, he's in a contract year right now. I mean, if he you know, that's a, if he comes back and the defense fixes a lot of things and they have a strong year, that's going to make, make it a hard case for him. I mean, I don't see him getting resigned by the Steelers because they're just they're hurting for money moving forward, and they have to be able to lock up people like T.J. Watt, James Conner, Juju Smith-Schuster, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Sean Davis is just further down that list. Mm-hmm. But he's making a case for him. He's like, hey, you know, you know when look I hit this, you market, are without me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and and for other teams, it's like look what I can do. If you you, you know I'm not a, I'm not an Earl Thomas paid safety, but I'm a safety that you can kick a few million dollars to, and I'll keep your keep your guys in line. That you know that that deserves merit, and that deserves a look. On Twitter at Wesley Euler at Carter Critiques, we got a couple questions here that I find interesting. Uh, back to some usage stuff here on the offensive side of the ball. Oh boy, uh, Trenton's asking about Holton. I, this is man. We just kind of kind of talked about it on defense a little bit with Hargrave and yep. some of the stuff going on. Let's get back to some of that usage on offense. Mm-hmm. I was surprised Holton was out there at wide receiver so much last night, particularly early. Yeah, I mean, he he only played eight snaps, so it's not like they they right. try to, to try to abuse it. But th- this, I thought this was. Ben Roethlisberger and the offense thinking, hey, we can do what Brady does. Because what does Brady do? He takes guys. There was one guy. I, I still don't remember <laughs> his name. I you know I know Philip Dorsett. I know Josh Gordon. I know Edelman. I you know you know is Chris Hogan even on the roster anymore? I don't nope. even know. There's just random guys that they just plug in there and they just do this with them. They just and, go to a lacrosse field and pick out the tallest dude and then exactly. they gotta come play football for us. Hey, 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 can, can you uh, can you catch? <laughs> all right, we're gonna put you on the. T- or they the look team. at all the receivers who were cut by AFC teams. Yep. You know, and they're like, who's the fastest one? Mm-hmm. Ah, Philip Dorsett. Let's give us or the guys who were let to walk and free. Exactly. And so now you have a situation the Steelers think, hey, we need to be able to do that. We need to be able to find that efficiency. But the problem is you don't have the efficient quarterback that Tom Brady is. And Holton, he beat his man on that on that deep route in the first half. It was an underthrown ball, questionable you could have called pass interference, but also questionable that it was okay to not call it. I, I if, felt you like, if the ball would have been better, 
it would have probably gotten pass interference. Yeah, there. or yeah. or it might have been a touchdown if Holton hadn't had to slow enough. Uh, that 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 to me was part of the hurt piece. But the offensive usage. I mean, a, a lot of people. To all you people out there tweeting at me right now, what about Knicks? I agree. Yeah. When you're when when it's third and one or fourth and one, and you're at the goal line, why don't you put your Pro Bowl fullback in there? Say, hey, we're going three gap. Just blast somebody and let Connor do the rest, and and, and especially against this against this Patriots team. And and when you put Knicks in, that's when the Patriots are like, we have to account for him. Now you can call the play action. Now you can roll out and maybe hit James Washington on a crosser out because they're not doubling him and no safety's patrolling on his side. Those are the things that I think that they they really could have done better on top of just plain execution. Because looking back at the film. You know, a lot of people were saying there was nobody open all night. I heard Chris Collins were saying that. I disagree. No, there were plays to be made there on offense. They just didn't make them. Yeah, and, and the X's and O's were there. It's just Ben Roethlisberger just the defense wasn't is a accurate. different story. Yeah, but on sure. offense, yeah. on offense, they could have put up some points in that game. They yep. had some opportunities. Yep. And, and I think had they put up points in the, on the game, you wouldn't have seen a lot of those cracks that the defense had because then you would have given defense them... is back out there every couple minutes. Exactly. <laughs> I mean the 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 drive, the drive progression. I, I had this written down. I should have brought my put, brought my notepad out. But um, but it uh, the first the first drive, you get a couple first downs, you punt. Then you know, and then, and then after that, the Patriots score. But then, what happens after? I think it was three straight three and outs, and then a turnover on downs. You had two first downs. I know this. You had two first downs on your first drive. You yep. had one the whole rest of the first half. Yeah, and, and it was on the it was on the drive where they had the turnover on I downs. I mean, you talk about putting your defense on their back heels. I mean, you're you're putting them over in, the edge in, in the worst place to do that. This is this is Foxborough. This is Tom Brady. You know your number one job. This offense, they have they have to do, it. And, and that's and that's and I said this for years. I said this for years when when they had Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, and I said the offense. You know, they, every year they say, "Oh, we're going to score thirty points." Our goal is to go score thirty points. Well, you got to. How many times when this team, when this organization was at the highest of the highs, was at the best of the best in 2008 and 2005, the defense was number one, number two, number one. And, and like it was just every year you knew the defense was going to be the best defense in the league or very close to it. And in those years, the offense was 16, 15, 20, 13. They, they, were, ranked, they, were, they were mediocre, but it's because the investment was in the defense. When that script has flipped in this decade, and the offense was the superstars, and they had it, they have never been number one. They have. I think the closest they got was number five one year, but that's it. And I think that has been the problem. And now you're in a situation where you've ditched two of the main. Now you're kind of asking your defense to lead the way again. And, and and they're not at that point yet. Maybe they will be soon. Because I think T.J. Watt is going to be the guy. I think Devin Bush is going to be the guy. I still think Edmonds could have. I think a really Edmonds good is year. going to be huge for yeah. this team, especially those two together in the middle. When Bush you get and Sean Edmonds. Davis back, yeah, they need too, they, they need Sean yeah. Davis. I think Joe Hayden can still be very good for this team. And, and I, I read somebody say that Cam Hayward's over the hill. I was like, whoa, ho, 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 buddy, calm down. It's not it's, it's bad, but it ain't that bad. <laughs> uh, but um, but you look at these situations and you're thinking like, man, uh, like. The defense has the potential, but it's going to take time for them to get there. It's going to take. It, it's not going to happen overnight. I mean, go back, look at the 2016 defense and how they they changed their ship after getting slaughtered by the Cowboys. You saw them just crank it up, and they were a huge reason for that turnaround that season that got them to the to the playoffs, and they eventually lost to the Patriots, where they their defense did they get slaughtered there. Game, yeah. Right, but but again, they were young. They had a, a rookie Artie Burns, a rookie Sean Davis. You're kind of in a similar situation. Shazier was still was, 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 was well, still not still, learning. but was really starting to come into his own. Exactly. Yeah. And 
and that's what you need to see out of this defense is a few people more coming into their own, but they're not there yet, which means the offense still has to be that top 10 at least offense to balance this team out. It's a whole lot to digest on a Monday morning on low sleep, on thin nerves. I just, man, I'm excited. About five minutes here, we're going to go into Carter's classroom, and you, you thought the emotions were flying, and you thought the takes were flying so far. I mean, we're about to give the people some some serious meat to chew on here, <laughs> huh, Chris? <laughs> me, uh, listen, man, I'm a meat eater. I, I, you know, I, I, I tried at one point. I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna eat healthy. I'm gonna eat like, I mean, like take like meat out of some of my some of my, my meals. Don't I can't do it. I at least need some chicken or some fish or something. Yeah, I so, cut back on red meat a little bit. Yeah, red red meat I have because I, 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 but you know, I've learned, chicken and chicken and salmon for days, yeah, baby. I can't, I can't, av- I can't avoid it. But that's what we're bringing is the meat with Carter's classroom. It'll come the first time ever on Steelers Nation Radio, Electric Factory, Steelers Blitz, Euler Emotes. We're going to go into Carter's classroom when we return again. Still, please chime in for the following hour on Twitter at Wesley Euler, at Carter Critiques. We will get to some more of your reaction as we get into the second hour of the show, but we will go into Carter's classroom when we return right here on Steelers Blitz on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Rolling along, our guy Chris Carter of DK Pittsburgh Sports in for Arthur Motes today. You know what that means, too. Woo, baby. That means there's been a lot less the body. The body. Uh, yo, I yelling got, I, here yo, on the airwaves. I, I still haven't got to like officially introduce myself to Arthur. And he was at Channel 11 when I was last night. I didn't get to see him because we were in different studios. But that, I got I to gotta appreciate his enthusiasm. <laughs> Whenever he says that, I'm like, oh, God, here he comes. It's Motes. <laughs> well, if he is the body, maybe you are the classroom. I, I guess. Yeah, you can say that the classroom. Or, hey, Mr. Carter, I am him. There, there, we hey, got, Mr. Carter. There, there I, we I got, got a theme song. Ooh. I got a theme song. That's got to be my walk-in music, right? right? We ever do this again, and I'll have that, cu- <laughs> I'll have the, we'll have that cut up for you. That's a, that's a promise. Uh, before, we, oh, before we go into the classroom, right, before class is in session here, Steel Nation 19 chimes in on Twitter. Do you guys feel that the team was intimidated by the banner ceremony facing the Golden Boy? It just looked like after they went down 20 to nothing, the team gave up. Very frustrating. And then Steel Nation also has to chime in and say, I wonder if WV will win many games after the Missouri game. Oof. No, they won't. There's your answer. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to win like three or four games this year, and that's about it. Yeah, they're in a rebuild. Uh, intimidated? Ban- I don't think they're intimidated. Like they outplayed the Patriots the last two years. Yep. Why would they be scared uh, of them after that? Uh, but I will think. I, I will say this: that as much as, and I think most of the time it's true, you hear that you know the Steelers are worried about their own house and they're manicuring their front yard, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to looking at their neighbors mm-hmm. and they're painting their barn red because mm-hmm. they've got red paint. Yep. And they're not living in their fears. I, I think early on last night they did that. Too early. They, I don't want to say panicked, Mm -hmm. but they, I think, got away from what they wanted to do or what they should have done too early. 
Yep. I, I, just looking at the way that they came out, I thought they tried to be too much like the Patriots with how the Patriots came out running the ball, so they're going to come out running the ball. And then the, then the Patriots started to throw, and they started to throw. But the difference was they were connecting, and the Steelers were not. But I will say this. I, I think that with the way that the Steelers approached the game, they had a plan. But the problem was, especially on offense, defensively, they at least threw some counter punches. They, you know, they, they, it, it's, I, I, at I, least I, at first, too. At right? least at first. The defense, say what you want about the defense. And I get it. It's frustrating when you see all the points they gave up and the lack of turnovers. And it, it's like it's always the same script against the Patriots. They dink and dunk you to death and then yep. they blow it wide open. Yep. The defense kept them in that game last night about as long as they could. As long as they could. And as long as you could expect, especially with. With new Mark Barron, new Stephen Nelson, right. rookie Devin Bush, Cam basically Kelly. rookie rookie Kevin Kelly. I mean, you know, it just all these new guys all over the place. This that was to be expected. But you look at it and you're thinking, man, like how how much how much were they were they going to be able to keep them in it? Um, I think the real shell shocked moment, and I tweeted this during the game, was when you saw Ben Roethlisberger and he was back to his old Sandlot. Uh, the play didn't work out, so I'm going to try and make it happen and point and see if someone just goes where I, you know, we have that chemistry. And the problem is you don't got Antonio Brown or Heath Miller or Santonio Holmes with the guys that have made his career. And I'm not made his career. I'm sorry. I don't mean to mean to say that they made his career. But the guys he's done that the, with yeah, had success and, and done that it with so in the well. past. Yeah. And it just it takes time to build that with people. It doesn't just happen overnight. And, when I mean, Juju's probably the one guy, and they're going to double-team him, so you can't just do that with him. So many times that that, that they were that he was that they were overmatched that he didn't read what they were trying to do because they disguised it well. There was at one point where they literally you could see they lined up. There was no safety playing deep. It was cover zero, which means the cornerbacks are playing off. You can take the you know, the underneath option because they're they can't they can't jump this pass because there's no safety behind them. And he couldn't even recognize that. That and part of that was because Belichick was disguising it well because I tweeted that and then Dale Lolly was like, yeah, they're faking that in and out. And I was like, that that makes sense uh, from the you couldn't see all that in the TV view, but I was seeing when they were backing out and showing the showing the, the, the replays that there was a lot of times they were just calling they were just to say hey Ben figure this out and and he couldn't and I think that was the shell shock moment was there was no counter punch from the offense that says oh oh you want to take away our ground game let's hit you with this or you uh, you, you want to rush you want to send send and leave no safeties deep we're gonna hit you with this that just never had that never materialized and that's where I thought they were intimidated was never fighting back at, at that point. And they tried in the first in the first but I think but the ultimate surrender and this I need I think everyone should get on Tomlin for uh and fair. And I'm one of the people I'm people call me a Tomlin apologist because of how serious I'm like, you know, people will say, Oh, Sean Sweezen when he got hurt, it was Mike Tomlin's fault because he shouldn't have been out there in the preseason. I've I've heard a lot of those nonsensical things. But the, something that I do get on Mike Tomlin for is certain times when he kind of makes a decision like the field goal, I felt you're down three scores. You're living in your fears there. Yeah. You are literally doing the thing that you preach. That you don't do. That you don't do. And, and you kick a field goal. And, and you know, Mike Tomlin, I think he's a great coach. I think he's the, I think he's the second best coach in the NFL right now. Um, but the problem is that that bar is just still weight so high. Um, but that field goal, that that was a moment I was like, that's that looks like intimidation. And maybe it wasn't. Maybe they said our defense has something crazy lined up for this next drive, and then it just didn't happen. But – and we're um, getting the ball back at halftime. Well, no, because that was half. That was the halftime. That, oh, that was right. the halftime. Yeah, that was after right. halftime. Yeah. yeah. So, so like they weren't getting the ball back, but maybe they thought, hey, the, the, our defense has figured it out. They've had, you know, Tom Brady's been off the field for a while. They had a decent drive. Let's see if it can work. And, and and then the defense gave up a touchdown after that. So, I still think that was a bad decision. They should have gone and done it. I wouldn't say they were completely intimidated by the ceremony or anything or the or the, the the thing of the night. I think that. 
there were especially offensively they didn't know what the Patriots were doing and on the field they couldn't figure out a way to get around it a lot of reaction rolling in here on Twitter at Wesley Euler at Carter critiques we'll get to that as we go along but now it's time to put your phones away Woo. pull out your notebooks and your pencils and your pens yeah at least that's how Chris and I took notes when we were in school. I know. <laughs> oh, like my sister's in high school. They get a Microsoft Surface yeah, I don't know how to take notes do and do their that's homework ridiculous. on. No, no. Put your phones down, all right? Yeah. Pull out your notebooks here. Get mm-hmm. your pen out. It's time to go into Carter's Classroom. Carter's Classroom. We break the X's and O's down. Let's talk about what the Patriots did to start picking apart the, the Steelers' defense because – that's going to be part of what the Steelers' offense needs to do to break down other defenses moving forward. Full circle. Full circle, exactly. So we're, we're analyzing the weaknesses of our team and breaking and showing how there can be weaknesses in other teams. First quarter, it's second and ten. There's, there's 7.50 left, and the, you know, the defense is still holding, holding down the Patriots. Patriots inside their own 20. They go empty set. They, 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 call, they call a play. You're going to see Rex Burkhead cross over the middle. This is when you started to see those, those famous, legendary Patriot pick plays. Oh, what happens? They get in front of Devin Bush, who was on Burkhead. Bush doesn't feel it coming because that's just it's not something that you're used to yet. You're a rookie. This is your first literal game. And you saw him get open. Burkhead gets 17 yards. Those are the smart type of things that you see schemes of this offense. That Tom Brady, he's like, I know this is coming. They don't. The Steelers are relying in man. Let's let's take advantage of them. Let's motion these guys around. And they're like John Stockton and Carl Malone with those pick plays, man. I hate the Utah Jazz <laughs> of those days. So don't talk to me about the Jazz, Wes. We're, uh, we're, not, we're not here talking to me yet. Anyways, in the classroom, that was when I started to see. Okay, that was like the first like chip, it, chip, it, chip in the armor. They were like, "Bing, let's 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 knock that out." Then, quickly following that, they called they called a pick on Edelman. Uh, I think just a couple plays later, or maybe I think even the next play, and they called it back. But then you started to see even smarter picks. Uh, a, a third down late later that drive. There's six minutes to go. Now they're get they're, they're at their own forty. Tom Brady's going to drop back. You're going to see Dorsett. He's going to go. He's going to go to the flat. And you're gonna see Hayden. He's running with him in motion. He starts on one side of the field. When he, when when Dorsett goes in motion and Hayden follows him, immediately Brady recognizes this is man defense. This is definitely man defense. I know I can get something here. Dorsett lines up in, inside of the split end. When the ball is snapped, the split end runs a slant. It gets in Joe Hayden's way. It doesn't even touch him. It just blocks his path of being able to get to the flat. That allows Dorsett to get to the edge. And it's third and five. He gets six yards. Easy conversion. And these are the simple. I can just read what you're doing defenses. And it's like taking candy from a baby. Exactly. It's being able to identify what they're what, what the what the defense is trying to do, test it out, and if they if they switch it up, great. Then then they fool you. But I, and this is what Tom Brady did so well, and the Steelers didn't do enough of. These you see that play. Moving forward, we're going up. At this point, it's the second quarter. The page the Patriots are up ten to nothing. They're on their own side of the field again. It's third and three. Now they go with another spread formation. Brady's under center. They got James White out lined up with Mark Barron. They they motion. Josh Gordon away from him to get solo. It's it's just Mark Barron on James White in open space. That is what that is one way to get to get it done. The rest of the defense, Gordon motions behind Brady. Brady says, "Oh, I, I can fake a jet sweep." It doesn't happen. You get Mark Barron out in space. 
on James White. James White just simply runs in a little bit. Mark Barron has to has to set has to maintain inside leverage. James White cuts back outside of him and he gets an open pass. It's a conversion a nice, on a third and nice three. shimmy shake there by it, James White. And that's what Jimmy James White does so well. I wrote about that in Carter's classroom for DK Pittsburgh Sports just two days before the game, saying that they needed to watch what the running backs were going to be doing. So that that's another way. Just finding simple matchups. You see, you see man, I'm gonna take man. Then people were saying the Steelers weren't adjusting. They weren't figuring things. They, they weren't changing up their man coverage because the Patriots had figured it out. They did, though. And this is one of the main criticisms that people have always had of the Steelers. That they don't run enough man. Or they don't run because they would run zone and people would pick apart. And they said, oh, no, the Steelers run a, ran the fifth most man defense in the league last year. So they're coming up man. Brady's picking it apart. They switch it up. So we, we're, going, we're going back to that second quarter. It's 10-0. Same job. 436 to go. Brady. First and ten, they come out with a power eye. They got they got Devlin at fullback. They've got White at the, I think it's actually Michelle Michelle at tailback. What does Brady do? He calls play action. So with this, you have Devin Bush and Vince Williams at middle linebacker, at inside linebacker. They come out, they run a crossing pattern with Aiden over the middle. Hayden is on him, but here's the thing: when you're in zone, you get you maintain outside leverage, you maintain deep leverage. When you're in man, you maintain inside leverage to force say, we're gonna force you to throw to the sideline. When you're in zone, you know you have help over the middle. Either a safety or a linebacker right. is coming. So as soon as Brady sees that that uh that it's zone coverage, he he says kill, 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 or check. He checks into the play action. They 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 fake they fake the play action. The linebackers fly up to the ball. Now that middle of the field is open. That ins that that inside leverage that Hayden surrendered now makes Edelman such a wide open target and then it turns into a 24-yard play a simple crossing pattern over the middle of the field these are the things that the Patriots did that sort of started breaking down the Steelers off this the, the Steelers defense um, so you look at those those first half plays that was when I saw I started to see like these are this, this is getting to be a problem the defense <laughs> is starting to be on their heels they're gonna have to start guessing and then you started to see the major breakdowns happen and let's let's look back at, uh, let, let's look back at the second touchdown when it was uh, Philip Dorsett. Dorsett gets is lined up in the slot. We talked about this early in the show, but I'm gonna I'm gonna specifically I'm gonna specifically look look at it uh, here. You get you get Dorsett lined up with Mike Hilton. It's cover one, so you, they know you're in man now. They identify it. He beats Hilton. Brady, look at his head on the play. And and Collinsworth talked about this during the game. He looks left. It just and he doesn't even look left for too long. Just a second. It keeps Edmonds pinned there for a second and. Hilton's beat over the top, a floater, easy touchdown for him. And then the coup de gras, the biggest, the, the, the biggest of them all Ooh, was the coup de gras. Exactly. We go. We, I can tell you're a writer. Well, you thank, know. Thank you. I, I, I try my best. Um, but when you, when you look at when you look at the the, the, the last Dorset touchdown, oh, you know, over the middle of the field that split the defense with, uh, with with Cam Kelly staring there watching it. You see, they identify the zone. Even if even if Cam Kelly identified the, the, the them and ran with him. They knew that the Steelers were in zone. They saw the two deep safeties. They were in a seam right up the middle. The way to attack cover two is in the middle of the field, force those safeties to make a decision and where to attack. And they just, and at that point, you saw the mental breakdown from Kelly. Edmonds didn't even didn't even see it see, see the guy flying through. It's an easy touchdown for Brady. This that, and that all started because the Steelers felt a little shell shocked because the underneath things were working, the picks were working, and the rubs were working, and the, you know the motions to identify which covers they're in, and the the, the switches weren't there. Just last year, uh, when the, when there was one of the most impressive plays of communication I saw early in the year that was a good sign for them was against the Falcons. 
You had Julio Jones motioned out to the flat, and immediately Hayden said switch with Mike Hilton. They switched, they, 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 and that way when they tried to, the Falcons tried to throw a pick, but because they switched their, their assignments, no pick could be thrown. I think it was Cam Sutton, I'm sorry. But, uh, but they tried to throw that switch. Those switches didn't happen last night, yep. and that's part of the reason those breakdowns happen. And when those little breakdowns happen, the big breakdowns start happening, and that's when the, the, top, the top came off the defense. That's what the Steelers have to avoid moving forward. But good thing for them, it's just week one. And it's just the best quarterback and head coach we've ever seen. Yeah, it's the best combination in the history of the game. You're right. To bring this all back to where we started, yeah. right? It's overreaction Monday. I get it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, the Steelers are not going to look like this every week. I hope not. The Patriots <laughs> might. Though. That's the weird thing is the Patriots will go out there and a team like the flipping Miami Dolphins will beat them. Will, will yep. But 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 they they look like a varsity team scrimmaging against the J, their JV team out against, there when against it's against the Steelers, the Steelers. Yep. in Foxborough though. Yep, it's it's like it's here so the last bizarre. two years was a separate. The Steelers outplayed them. They should have beat them two straight years. Yeah, and, and it's I like th- a completely different script. It's I get why people are like it, it is maddening. It, it, it really is. It's frustrating. And but but I mean again, look at look at those games. Uh, and I, I said this before. When was the last time Ben Roethlisberger played the Patriots and didn't throw an interception? Two thousand seven. It's been that long. And also, Deron Harmon, this is the first time he didn't intercept Ben Roth. He has like five picks by himself. Uh, but you look at the, the, the reasons why, why, the, why there's a big difference. The Steelers' offense always comes way too late in Foxborough. And it's part of Ben's problem. He's not a road quarterback. He just historically hasn't been. You know, if you own him in fantasy, don't start him when he's on the road unless <laughs> unless you have, like, you know, uh, some horrible person to call, like Blake Bortles at quarterback. You know, but with, with Ben, I think that's the biggest difference. When they're at home, he's providing support. He's getting them points. The defense is saying, all right, we, we got some backup here, guys. We got reinforcements. You got the cavalry coming in. You got that feeling of support. On the road, not as much. And that leads to those problems. There is a New England Patriot that we haven't talked about yet. Who? He's the newest New England Patriot. Who are you talking about? I have no idea. He's a wide receiver. Uh, Josh Gordon? Julian Edelman? <laughs> Played his college football at Central Michigan. Uh, is that where Chad Johnson went? Started the season-ish with the Raiders. <laughs> they got Tyrell Williams? <laughs> <laughs> we will talk about the, uh, Mr. the, newest, Big Chest. the newest Mr. Big Chest, uh, Ronald, out in New England. And also, listen, it's been a lot of doom and gloom. But let's all laugh at the Cleveland Browns as well, too, when we return. <laughs> Chris Carter in for Arthur Motes. It's the Electric Factory. It's Steelers Blitz, and it's on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Just when you thought it couldn't get any crazy, any more bizarre, it continues to get crazier and more bizarre. Of course, I'm talking about the Antonio Brown saga. (laughs) And... Man, again, it, it really, it's been like every time you think, all right, this can't possibly get any better, it, it continues to take more twists and turns. Antonio Brown on Saturday, within the span of a few hours, yep, uh, found himself going from coast to coast, quite literally. From the uh, literally from, from the Oakland Raiders to from the Pacific to the Atlantic. The New England Patriots. And I, I got to say this first. I got to eat a big L on this one. 
All right, because when Antonio Brown got released on Saturday, mm-hmm. I took to Twitter mm-hmm. and I said, "Stop it! He's not going to be a New England Patriot." The thing that Antonio Brown cares most about in this world is money. Yeah. And the Patriots aren't going to okay. offer him the most money. Yep. So he's not going to go to New England. It's very logical reasoning. And it only took like five hours for me to once again be correct oh, in my analysis. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just like, – come on. Like, I, this, I, I'm with This you. is I'm truly a shock. This, this is a shock. And, again, even outside of the money thing – why, if I'm Bill Belichick, and you just saw without Antonio Brown, they just dismantled one of the teams that people said was a threat to and win the AFC. you saw how Josh Gordon looked in his first game back. Why would, if I'm Bill Belichick, why would I risk putting a nuclear bomb in, in, in my locker room? It may make me a big threat. It may give me this, this extra ammunition, but why would I risk doing that and him blowing up? And what if, like, you know, he threatened Mike Mayock? What if, what if he blows up on Tom Brady in public in a game, and now that's swirling around your team? What if he hits Tom Brady? You know, and, and I, I've been saying this, and, and people always take this the wrong way when I say this. That, oh, you're just trying to make people feel bad for AB, or you want people to feel sympathy. I, I, I'm saying this. I think that he does have CTE. I think he's going through some mental regression. But the real concern here isn't that isn't for him right now. It's just for whoever's around him when stuff starts to go wrong. Imagine, I mean, and people and people are like, well, get away from him. He's got kids. And, like, what, I mean, you know, right now his impulses, unless this whole thing has been an act, and this has been the most, if, if he does, he deserves an SB, an Oscar, all of it. A Tony Award. Like, right. Just get, Give just, him a get, Grammy, too. Exactly. <laughs> if, if this was all an act, you believe me, he fooled me, because at one, at one point with the frostbitten feet and the helmet and everything and filing grievances, I was just like, that, that isn't the, the moves of a, of a smart person trying to orchestrate this. I think that the social media stuff was, and, they, and Chris Mortensen reported that on ESPN, that, that that was planned. But come on. I mean, just uh, you frost, you, you, his feet got, got frostbite. I, I just don't see how that can be planned as part of his no. thing to get out, get out, of, get out of a situation. No, people that are saying that are giving him way too much credit. Right. And All right. Yeah. He signed with the Oakland Raiders not to eventually end up with the Patriots. He signed with the Oakland Raiders because of the guaranteed money. 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 And then when that guaranteed money got taken away, all of a sudden he didn't want to be there anymore. I got to tell you, that video, the black and white video of, of him with, with that, Gruden. That's what started – you know what – I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Because, one, that two-minute video right there proved that Hard Knocks is propaganda. Oh, of course. It's a joke. Because yeah. that two-minute clip right there was better than anything we and saw in five that, episodes of Hard Knocks. If they, had put, if they had put that on Hard Knocks, they wouldn't have had to do five episodes. That would have been the episode. That could have been a episode. Yeah. And it would have been incredible. It was amazing. So that was about 6 a.m. our time, Saturday, when he released that video. Mm-hmm. East Coast time. Yeah. So I think it was about 6.01 when Bill Belichick realized, I got to have this guy. Yeah. Because Bill Belichick said, wait a second. Antonio Brown is into recording people without their permission, too. <laughs> we got to get this guy to New England. One of us. One of us. One of us. Oh, my God, Wes. That's, that's actually brilliant. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. It's like, like, hey, he said, wait a second. He not only, has experience. Not only is he one of the best receivers that we've seen since Jerry Rice. <laughs> right, right. He's also into recording, recording people, people without their permission. He's our guy. M- mind you, also, that's a crime in California. Yeah. Like, like. If 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 Gruden and those guys now really wanted to be petty, mm-hmm. they could they could push they could press charges. They now. could push they, for a criminal a criminal charge against Antonio Brown a, for that. That's a, what a, I would do if I were the Raiders. Exactly. I mean, and, and 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 why not? He's not hurting you. You owe him no money. You literally he literally released him and you know have no guarantees, no skin off your back. Um, I, I you know you gotta wonder is there? I mean, there's always I always say this. There's always stuff going on in the background with always. the NFL. You the story that you hear isn't is very rarely the hundred percent truth. No of doubt. how something broke down. So there could absolutely be some money be on the side, 
that, be like, hey, don't press those charges, please. Thank mm. you. And 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 that that be part of it. But if I'm the Raiders, why don't I pull that trigger right now? I mean, it's and why at did least I pull it's that a way tri- to save some face? And I even, mean, because they all Gruden and Mayock especially, they dude, they bad. got egg all over their oh face my right gosh. now. All over their Mike, face. Mike Mayock being being called uh, uh you know a racial sli- a racial slur and uh, again. Let's 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 be honest. That's that's people try to equate that. You can call me a cracker anytime you want. Okay. The people try to equate <laughs> cracker to other words. I'm like, yeah, it's still not nice. It's still a jerk to say that to him. Sure. Um, but uh, you know, when when you look at that situation, it's completely uncalled for. And at that point, John Green, you gotta support your GM. Why? And, 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 I mean, this dude calls out your guy. Now he calls out your GM. Your that GM, relationship can't be very strong. It can't right be. Now. It can't be. And and, and Chris Sims, a, a quarterback that used to be under uh, John Gruden, yep. he he has said for a while that Gruden is one of the, can be very shady at times. And, and he's he said there were times where when he was quarterback, he'd be in one room and Gruden would be in the next, and Gruden would be talking about him so badly that it would be it was horrible. And and he knew that Gruden knew that he could hear. So it was like there would be lots of shady things that would happen there. I imagine I can only imagine what can be happening with him and Mayock right now. They mess this all up. But again, here's the biggest thing: as soon as he released that video, if I'm a smart man, I immediately call my lawyer and I and, and I and I sit I sit in, sit Drew Harrison House and Antonio Brown down and I say, if you do not want me to end your career right now, you will shut up. You will play for all the all the money. We will give you no guarantees. And if you don't play, we will we will press charges until the statute of limitations gr- runs out. And that that to me that could have given you some leverage as far as as far as I understand how the law works that could you have you do have a law degree yeah yeah it's in, in California this is against the law you broke it the only thing that's holding this back is John Gruden has to press the charges now of course there's the possibility that Gruden somehow signed off on something after the fact. Well, there were reports that he thought it was funny. Yeah, I mean, he, when he said it was awesome, I was like, dude, you're, you're so far gone. And I, this is also why he when, 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 it, when... Because he plays to the cameras and to the media uh, and all that so stuff bad. all the time. That's, that's you saw that in every episode of Hard Knocks. It, Gruden was cheesing it up and trying to put on a show for the cameras. And, and, and to me, I, this is why when they signed him to that deal, John Gruden saying... I was I was like the Raiders are, are not going to go anywhere. Oh my gosh, this is amazing! What just happened? Uh, Huerta Sports just tweets us here. Uh, uh, on the Dan Lebetard show, Antonio Brown's video guy came on to the Lebetard show just no, now, no, and confirmed that John Gruden approved the use of their phone conversation in the video before it was released. Why? What? What in the because world? Again, that's so. That, John well, so that Gruden. leverage is gone. That that's leverage so is gone. That I just Gruden. I just spent the past five minutes talking about. What would you do that for? What in God's what an name? Absolute joke. Oh that my whole thing is an gosh! Right now. What an and, absolute joke. And, and now, like people were saying that the people wanted to leave the Dolphins after this. Like they said, all like the twelve. Yeah. If I'm a, if I'm a Raider, get me I, out of there. Get me out. Derek Carr's even like, please, just, just. I, if I'm uh, Derek Carr, I'm like, trade me to the Bears right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can win with that team. <laughs> I can win with better than Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> exactly. This is this is such a joke. And and it. And it, Tony Dungy said this was an embarrassment that the Patriots would even sign this guy after all the things would happen with Antonio Brown. It's an embarrassment. People, okay, okay. Everyone was talking about, oh, Tom, Mike Tomlin let Antonio Brown walk all over him, and that's why he's like this right now. You think Mike Tomlin let him walk all over him? John Gruden gave him approval to use that conversation where he's cussing and talking about, do you just want to play ball or not? How? Hashtag enabler. Oh. Hashtag enabler. I, last thing I'm about, triggered. I'm, tra- dude, I'm we, triggered, I mean, Wes. We, we, could do a, we could do a whole show on just this alone. Whew. Last thing in regards to that video and this situation now specifically is how many times, I don't care how great an athlete is, yeah. 
And I've I've said I think Antonio Brown, other than Randy Moss, is the best wide receiver I've ever seen. Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald. It's a good call too. Um, Pitt, H2B. How many times can you break the unwritten rules of football and continue to fall up? It's a great, that's uh, a great question. Because eventually it caught up to Randy Moss. Eventually it caught up to To. Mm-hmm. It catches up to a lot mm-hmm. of these guys. When does it catch up to AB? Because he broke an unwritten rule of football in December in Pittsburgh when he quit on his team before yep. the season was Absolutely. over. Absolutely. I don't care. You ask any player in the National Football League, and they thought that was bogus the way he handled that. Get, get him, Wes. I guarantee you, you ask any national player or any player in the National Football League right now that he recorded his head coach. I don't care how Gruden feels about it. Yep. That's breaking a locker room law. That crap stays in the confines of our building. Yep. That's twice now. In what? In six or seven months that he has broken a teammate law, an unwritten law of the National Football League of just being a teammate for any sport, not just the NFL. I don't care if it's hockey, baseball, basketball, soccer, cricket. It doesn't matter. You don't do that stuff to your teammates, to your organization, to your head coach. I... Listen, this and then be, he apologized. This, he gave this this right, fake okay, apology right, right, that you knew for, wasn't for, for real. Seventeen seconds Come at a podium. On, like, like what? What? What are you doing out there? Oh my gosh! A- again, they kept this guy on the Steelers roster for nine years. He was the, he had the best six years of any receiver in NFL history, and I don't know how they managed that with all this stuff that he just pulled. Now, granted, again, this may be part of the CTE because he was he was always Antonio Brown late to his meetings or late to his, his his radio show, late to some charity events. He was always like, you know, he didn't cut his grass. Like there was a lot of there's a lot of questionable things about Antonio Brown. I get that. But this is on a new level. Either again, he's a great actor and a genius. Either he's Kanye West with his music or he's Kanye West with his politics, and he's just saying everything that comes out of his mouth. It's a great comparison. I I just wonder, eventually, right? It has to catch up to him, and let's all hope that it's in New England. Like I'm just hoping. I'm just hoping that yesterday, right, was like legit the high point of the Patriots season, and that now the Trojan horse is in there, and <laughs> and something's gonna happen, and it's gonna unravel. <laughs> I did a, <laughs> I did a meme. The other day, I don't know if you saw it. I tweeted this on Twitter. It blew up a little bit. Got me like it's a little, it's like eight hundred likes, but it was a. It, so you remember you saw Thor Ragnarok, right? I did. So the, at the part in the end when uh, when Hella is like, you can't. Defeat I know where me. you're going with this. And this he is the giant fire monster that Thor's like. I can't. But he can. And I think Tom Brady is Hella, Ben Roethlisberger's Thor, and Antonio Brown is the giant fire monster that's going to blow up the entire planet. That's, 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 that is what this is. That's what that's the Steelers the hope, fans have to the hope, hope it is. That's the hope that I'm holding yeah, if, if, if he goes there and he plays as a Boy Scout and he just plays to their system, it's over. They're, they're, well, I, I won't say it's over. They did the same thing with Randy Moss because I have several Patriots fans who are like, we already fixed Randy Moss and look what we did with him. I'm like, well, actually, historically, you know who won more Super Bowls than you when Randy Moss was on your roster? The Steelers. And the Patriots didn't win one with Randy Moss on the roster. So it doesn't guarantee them. Wait, and sure. also, the stuff that Randy Moss used to do is like a pimple on my oh, forehead compared, compared to, to what Antonio this Brown's This is another been doing. level. But all, all, that, all that aside, it doesn't spell – complete doom but it sure is a big dark cloud hanging over you if you if you see them and you're seeing their numbers go up and and tom brady says you can live with me and and, uh, uh, the first touchdown he throws to antonio brown and antonio brown says call god and the wi-fi is lit and all that stuff is rattling off steelers fans are just gonna be sitting you know like that that classic picture of homer simpson when he's on his couch and he's just slumped and he's just like i hate life 
I, I, we got some people coming at me here on Twitter now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Our guy Devin, who's like one of my favorite listeners, one of our favorite guys here, says, sorry, bro, AB Talk is not good radio after a 30-point blowout loss. Devin, we got about 10 tweets asking us about Antonio Brown. Yep. And it's a two-hour show that we just did 10 minutes on, right? We, we, got, we got plenty going on here. David says, uh, not doubting the report, but California is a one-party consent state. He didn't need approval. Ask your law guy. It's a two-party consent state. That's been that was that was like the first. But David, don't come at me. I'm not. The, I'm not the one saying all this stuff. Yeah. You ask the law guy. His, yeah. his Twitter handles at Carter Critiques. As far as far as I've always understood, California was a two-party consent state. That was immediately released after like, as soon as soon as that happened. Uh, I I can do some more research. I never studied law in California. I never read a, read a thing. But immediately the first thing I I read from art from several articles as soon as this happened was that California that is a crime if Gruden wanted 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 to pursue it but obviously he already approved it and and that that to me that is uh that's just a sign of just even even if somehow they had worked it to be legal and they asked his permission and he said yes that's just just you're, you're a punk like you just you just bent you just bent over for Antonio Brown let him do whatever he want and and and, and 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 you did all that. You showed up your GM, and then he still said release. So you you made Mayock, Mike Mayock look bad, and you still don't even get the player that you were making him look bad for. You wrecked your team. Don't get the superstar. Nothing happened. It is incredible. I mean, Andrew Luck retiring at age twenty nine from a Super Bowl contender was the most bizarre sports story we've ever seen for about a week. And then Antonio Brown said, "Hold my beer." At Wesley Euler, at Carter Critiques on Twitter. we got some more reaction coming in here. We'll get that when we return. We also want to talk a little bit more around the league. Uh, the Browns, the Ravens, uh, some professional athletes getting in a fight in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> the Miami Dolphins. So, who, much, so much fun is stuff. It possible Football's to, back! Is it possible to lose more than 16 games this year? Because the Dolphins might do it. <laughs> I know 0-16 is the, is the bottom mark. Hey, but hey, might we, find a way wait, wait. If they play West Virginia, you guys can win. Yeah. Can Miami <laughs> beat Alabama. That's the new, can Alabama beat the Browns? Is can Alabama beat the Dolphins? On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at Carter Critiques, we'll wrap up the conversation and your reaction when we return. It is Steelers Blitz, the electric factory on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. You know, Chris, there's been a lot of doom and gloom on the show today. A lot of sad. Yeah, maybe not doom and gloom because you and I, I feel like we're punting on the season. Mm-hmm. I still think the Steelers are going to win the division. Yeah, same here. Uh, but you know, there's been a lot of tough conversation yeah. today. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of sadness, like yeah. you said. Funerals. But th- and that's very, that's very unlike us here in the Electric Factory. Uh, of course. And not. I know you, you know, you are cut from the same cloth that we are. I'm not the body. You're not. You're not. A, but what I mean by that. <laughs> but is I you, am. You're not a, cr- you're not a curmudgeon. <laughs> exactly. You know. No, like, I am not. I like, am not. You so. like to laugh. You like to have fun. Even when things are down, you still got to find the silver lining and the glass half full and make some jokes and. <laughs> so let, let, let's laugh a little bit. All right. <laughs> Who, who I mean, you, the Steelers, you guys know who we're talking the about. The Steelers lost by 30 points, okay? I mean, mm-hmm. there's no getting around that. There's nope. no excusing that. Nope. Uh, you got to wear that one. Yep. Until until next Sunday, we got to wear Well, maybe until about Friday. We got to wear that one. But that was on the road mm-hmm. against the defending champions. Yep. And their banner-raising ceremony. Yep. Against a quarterback who's 157-21 and 21 in that stadium. Yeah. Against a head coach who's got six rings as a head coach and yep. eight as a defensive coordinator. Yep. <laughs> They lost by 30 points. 
But the Browns. Let's talk the about The team it. that's going 16 and 0. Let's the team that's winning the division. Mm-hmm. The team that is changing. We're here. The team that's changing football. Woke up feeling dangerous. Lost by 30 points at home to the Tennessee bleeping Titans. Titans. So, Mark, you got your butt kicked by Marcus Mariota. Baker Mayfield, two picks. Okay. One of them a pick six. Should have been three, but no, it was it, dropped. It was three picks. Or was he, it th- three? he threw another okay, one. Should have been four. It should have been four because the first his first throw should have been intercepted. It was that he his Baker Mayfield stats. The guy who was chugging beers at the Indians game like he owned the city, like he like he was LeBron James. That was something LeBron James could do. <laughs> LeBron James, you could chug beer, you could chug tequila in front of a camera. I don't care. You're LeBron James. Baker Mayfield, what have you done? He went. He went 25 of 38 for 285 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, sacked five times with a quarterback passer, quarterback rating of 27.2, passer rating of 64. He was hot garbage. The Browns won the Super Bowl there for about three minutes. Three minutes. They went right down the field. They scored a touchdown. Everyone was, woo! And then we all should have known they missed the extra point. <laughs> Because of course they did, because they're the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. and then that was it for yep. the rest. And of the that game. was that was the last highlight. That they I had. just personally can't believe that a team that has a quarterback who's been one in six against teams with a winning record, hmm. a, a quarterback that now finally has had a year for people to prepare on him. And uh-huh. I don't think Baker Mayfield's this huge bust. I think he's going to be a fine NFL quarterback. <clears throat> I do, <laughs> but a team that brought in all these new moving parts. And all these different egos and all these mouths to feed, right? And a team that I think, along with maybe the Arizona Cardinals, has the worst offensive line in football. Don't do that. And a team that on defense certainly has some nice pieces. Oh, yeah. I love Denzel Ward. I love Miles Garrett. Love Miles Garrett. But you take those two away, and that defense is very average, too. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you mix all those things in with expectations for a team that's had two winning seasons in 20 years. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, they have a first-time head coach. Yep. Not a first-year head coach in Cleveland. A first-time head coach at any level of football. Does, does, does any part of Kitchen's resume, like, scream st- – st- is, 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 he, is, is he Sean McVay? Does he know Sean McVay? Now, if he knows Sean McVay, that, that, oh, that might put him over the top. This might be the most damning thing I could say about Freddie Kitchens. I think I'd at least rather have Cliff Kingsbury. Oof. I think I'd rather take a flyer on C- Cliff Kingsbury at this point. Damn, that's them's fighting words. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't believe in Cliff Kingsbury. Don't right. get me wrong. No, I'm right with you. I think that's going to fall in its face as well. But the Cleveland Browns it was fantastic got to see their that happen yesterday. handed to them. I was watching this. I was laughing all the way because I was just sitting here. And it's not like I hate the city of Cleveland. No. I'm from Pittsburgh. Actually, I kind of do. But it's, a, but it's the, the the hype. The the, the they're, they're ready. They're anoint them. They got Odell Beckham Jr. Like he was doing everything for the Giants. Uh, they, they got Jarvis Landry. They got Baker Mayfield. They got Nick Chubb, and I like Nick Chubb. I actually think he, he did pretty well for what he was asked to do. But that does not a super team, a, a guaranteed win make. I mean, how many times are people going to learn just because you win free agency does not mean you win the season? Well, I mean, the Jets won free agency every offseason for like five straight years yep. when Rex Ryan was there. Where did that get them? Exactly. <laughs> the, the Jaguars. They yeah. had one hot year, and now they are a hot mess. Yeah, it's it's the Browns. I mean, you go back, you look at how and and again how they were doing. And last year, Wes, when they played when the, when the Browns played the Steelers the second time, and Mayfield was the starter, and everyone was saying he's gonna carve up the Steelers, he's ready to do it. <laughs> After the Steelers spanked him and sent him back home, I went in the locker room and I asked. I, but first, I went right to Tuit and Hayward. I was like, Hey, man, what was you guys' plan for taking? We were like, uh, they said. Uh, our plan was to uh, stand in his way because he can't see over us, <laughs> and, and and that was it. Because every and you look at look and you look at how he played this game, and 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 Kyler Murray did a lot of the same stuff in, against the Lions. 
whenever if his first read wasn't there in the pocket, he had to circle out of it. He had to get on the move because he's not seeing over and, six and foot five linemen. And that's what he linemen. did his whole collegiate career, and, and you can't live off that in the NFL. And the, the only person who have shown that they can even live off that long enough was Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson is an exception to the rule. Certainly is. We're not the only ones, though, that were perturbed by all the offseason hype around the paper champion Cleveland Browns. Not even just here in Pittsburgh, not even around the division. Uh, The Titans, Delaney Walker, he was pretty excited to put it on the Browns yesterday. This is just another game. We ain't worried about it. I'm going to tell you again, man. They were who we thought they were. Y'all can crown them if you want to crown them. Still got to play football. It's it's so true, and I love it too. That it's not just you understand Pittsburgh and Baltimore and Cincinnati being perturbed by all this Cleveland Browns hype, but the Titans were clearly bothered by it too. I mean, the whole NFL should. It's you, just fantastic. You, you have been the butt of every joke. Your first of all, your name is the Browns, <laughs> and, and second of all, you. I mean, when, when we talk about sadness, they are called the factory of sadness. That is how bad it is. I mean, the 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 hastily made Cleveland tourism video Fun is still one. Times of, in Cleveland, Cleveland again, still Cleveland. It's the, the and it, and the Browns are absolutely part of the jokes of those videos. They are. They are that. I mean, all the the the, the legendary fan rant that he was just like, I have been through everything, and he goes on for like twenty minutes. I'm sick of losing. Listen, and at the end, he's like. I'll see you next Sunday. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's, these, that's these fans. And, and I do feel that the, the, one of the worst moments that I've ever saw was when they were playing the Ravens. It was Monday night. All they had to do was they were like 20 yards oh out. They gosh. had to kick the field goal to the win the game. Six. And, and people all turned on their phones, and they were recording it. And then they blocked the kick, and the Ravens returned it for a touchdown to win the game at the buzzer. And just you see people tear. Literally, I tore his jersey out of his off of his body. This – you thought that just because you had a quarterback who was 1-6 against winning teams last year and, and got you at least to look like, hey, we're not last in the division, you thought because you got him and Odell Beckham that everything was just going to be fine? No! It, it was never going to be fine. If you thought the Browns were, were going to be great, and this was – I thought – and I had the Browns to win. I thought they were going to kick the Titans' butts because the Titans' left tackle was was the replacement yep. for Taylor LeJuan. Yep. I thought Miles Garrett was going to eat. Marcus Mariota alive. They the Titans pulled Marcus Mariota. Vrabel admitted we pulled Marcus Mariota against, against the Steelers, the Steelers yep. because they, they we couldn't handle couldn't that pass rush. Them, yeah. And I, I was like, Miles Garrett is going to destroy them. And it, I thought that would, they were going to start with a win and then they would crumble throughout the season. I have them missing the playoffs. I, I'm, oh, I, I do I, too. I, don't I thought they the were Browns. seven seven and nine was my prediction for them into the season. But, I'll probably still stay about there. Oh, but no, after this six and ten, maybe five and eleven. Oh. I mean. Just stop it! I'm getting excited. I mean, but as bad as it now, they can bounce back. Every professional, every every team's got professionals. They have, they do have talent on the roster. That that's not mistake that. But this was just the ultimate joke. As bad as the Steelers looked, you you went, you had your home stadium, a home season opener. Everyone in that stadium was ready to root for you against a perennial mediocre team. Like exactly, you, you it was like when like when the Penguins got got swept by the Bruins years ago in in the in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. It was at least the Bruins who were in the middle of a great run. You lost. You got your butts handed to you by the Titans. Get <laughs> out of here. One team though in the division opposite of Cleveland that is feeling themselves on this Monday. Now, they got a quarterback and a head coach that are feeling themselves, too. The Baltimore Ravens. Don't get me wrong. What they did yesterday against the Dolphins was very impressive. 59-10. to We all know the Dolphins are tanking. They're going to be the worst team in the NFL this year. They might not win a game. But to beat an NFL team by 39 points on the road is impressive. It's impressive. And, and again, the way they did it. 
But I will say this. I think what happened, you could tell me if I'm wrong, and maybe this is just the Ravens hater in me because they are the professional football team that I hate the most in mm-hmm. this world. Mm-hmm. I think that that is almost maybe not the greatest thing that happened to them yesterday because now they're going to be feeling so good about All offseason, people said, can they win with Lamar? And is this John Harbaugh's last year? And is this whole thing they're going to do try and work? And then it's just a big F you to everybody yeah. yesterday that yeah. it does work. But maybe that's not the best actual gauge of the team they're going to be this season. Oh, and, and you've got Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh making jokes about, well, pretty good for a running back, pretty good for a wide receiver yeah. in the postgame. That's all fine and great when you're beating up on the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. But are you ready to fully believe in that team and what they've got going on? Because I'm not. Again, impressive, great to see yesterday. Mm-hmm. I thought but deep, you did it against deep. an FCS team, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I said last night on Channel 11, I was like, the XFL saw its first team, and it's the Miami <laughs> Dolphins. Uh, but bring in Landry Jones. To bring in Landry, I mean, and, and who knows? Landry Jones might have actually put up more of a fight. But, I mean, you run through these numbers, and you just you can't – they had everything clicking. Mark Ingram, 14 carries, 107 yards, two touchdowns. Lamar Jackson, 17 to 20, 324 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, RG3 came in and went six for six for 55 yards and a touchdown. Not to yeah, mention – not believing it. Not to mention they're up 35 to three in the first half. They have a fourth and one on their own 30-yard line. They call a fake punt and get 60 yards off it. I get that you got that you got to keep the pedal to the metal, but that was the most just disrespectful. I can't believe you had the inhumanity to just call a like, fake punt. Was that like when Woody Hayes against Michigan, they were up like 40 <laughs> points, <laughs> yeah, and, and he went for me. two at the end of the game, yeah. and, and they asked him about it in the postgame. They said, Woody, you're up like 38. Why are you going for two? Because they wouldn't let me go for three. three. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 I, and, I, and I get that. And these are professionals. This is, it's it's, it's no, different when it's they, high school. And I, and I get with the Ravens, too. Again, like I said, to be fair, the whole offseason, people have been trashing their quarterback, their head coach, their organization, the whole thing they're trying to do. They've been saying it's not going to work. Yeah. Lamar's going to do this. Lamar's going to do that. John Harbaugh this. So I get it. And they beat, they beat those narratives. That, and, and Marquise Brown, the dude, people were like, I don't know. His knee's messed up. Four catches, 147 yards, two touchdowns. And his first two catches were touchdowns. But just because you're NC State and you go out there and beat <laughs> Western Tennessee you're, by 30, you're 40 not points, ready for Alabama I don't yet. think you're ready for Clemson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and and that's kind of how I feel about the Ravens. Again, they did what they had to do yesterday, mm-hmm. and it is impressive. And it, it hey. Fair play to him, without a doubt. Again, like I said, I, I don't care what the situation is. You beat a team on the road by 39 points yep. in the National Football League. You kick their butts. But maybe, and, and I, like I said, and maybe I'm just kind of like with thinking the A-B stuff's hopefully going to tear the Patriots apart. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm just trying to be a little too optimistic on this on this tough Monday morning. But I'm hoping that now the Ravens are maybe feeling themselves a little too much. Maybe. And maybe they're now a little too confident in their abilities after that week one shellacking of the it, Dolphins. It, it, it wouldn't be the first time. And, again, this 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 team is kind of young. I mean, Lamar Jackson, Marquise Brown, Don't Mark get me Andrews. wrong. Part of me loves the fact that he's in the postgame throwing shade. Yeah. But, buddy, you better continue to back that up week after week yeah, I mean, because it, it, that's going to be the worst team by far you see all year. Exactly. And another thing, I mean, just – and, again, we were just talking about them. The Cleveland Browns. They've been talking smack – this whole time, and they never even done anything. At least the Ravens can say, "Hey, we're current AFC North champions. We may have lost in the first round of the playoffs, but we at least know what we're doing." The Browns still haven't put together a winning season. And again, the Ravens—they're a credible organization in the oh, NFL. Sure. They, oh, they, sure. they deserve all the credit. The recruiting is on point. They've they, got a coach 
They've got to, a coach that could. Yeah. You swap the coaches, just the coaches on the Browns and the Ravens, that would make a huge difference. I, I agree. I, well, I still think the organization in the Browns True. would just eat, eat, eat True. from itself. But, it's a, for, but for yeah, a guy but, who's perennially on the hot seat, yep. John Harbaugh doesn't get enough respect. I, I, I completely agree. I think he's he, he's in my top five ish. Yeah. You know, you know, when you look at other coaches with rings, but man, uh, you know, as as but as far as the as far as the Ravens, it's like look look across the look across the the, the division and see the Browns right now and see how everyone's clowning them and everyone's tired of them. Baker Mayfield was talking trash. You think you think that Lamar Jackson won't catch it? And and I mean, and the people were already doubting Lamar Jackson. I mean, before, I wrote about him going into the draft for DK Pittsburgh Sports. I said to me, I said I want him before Baker Mayfield, just because his his skills will translate better to the NFL. I think Baker Mayfield is another Johnny Manziel. If you put him on the right team with all the right weapons and the right system, great. But I think Lamar Jackson can would be able to succeed in more places. I still maintain that, but. Man, it, 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 the the vitriol that I got for saying that kind of stuff, they were like, how dare you think? I mean, people said it was, I was stupid for saying Lamar Jackson was better than Mason Rudolph. And, and it was just the, the hate that was for that. If, as soon as Lamar Jackson starts to fail, it's going to come tumbling down on him. It and, is. And, and he's got to be ready for that. And that's you can say you're ready for it, but you never know what that's like until you know, you're, you're, you're Jason Whitlock and you have to delete your Twitter. They are at the highest of high right now. There will come a point when they get when they get knocked down a few pegs for sure. All right, we got about ninety seconds left here. Along the doom and gloom, yeah, mantra of uh-huh. today. Give me something positive to get out of here on. Absol- absolutely. You you look at the defense and you looked at at how the young guys were out there. They learned a, a hard lesson. Devin Bush is a guy. He was always fired up. He stomped on the Michigan State lo- logo. He's all about. He, there is, there is, there is no chance that he went that when they got home last night that he sat there and he thought, yeah, it's okay. They are mad, and they're all they were already mad coming into coming into coming into this game. And I know people are like, well, that, you can't do anything with that. I think that this team is going to continue to use this as motivation so that they can win the rest of the season. I, I still don't have the Patriots booked for a one seed. I think the Chiefs are going to make a really good run at it if they can find a way to get the Patriots to come to Heinz Field in the playoffs. Maybe, just maybe. And I know that's a very outside shot. They they can put up a fight, but they're 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 ticked off. They're gonna want to win a lot more even now because they they know that they got to prove themselves. Here's here's mine too. I know it sucks, but it, it, it honestly in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter if you lose by three or you lose by thirty. You're zero and one. Yep. And guess what? At worst, right now, half the teams in the National Football League well, not even because there was a tie yesterday yeah, in the NFL. Yeah. At worst, right now, half the teams in the National Football League are a game ahead of you. Yep. You're zero and one. So are 14 other teams, and mm-hmm. 14 teams are 1-0, and and then yep. there's like two who are 1-1. One one. Right. If you're going to get punched in the mouth, this is the, the time. best time to do it is week one. Let's see how they respond. Chris, that was a lot of fun, buddy. Same here, man. Thanks for sitting in. Yeah, thanks for having me. This Find is great. his work on DK Pittsburgh Sports again on Twitter, at Carter Critiques. Big thanks, as always, to our guy Kellen for producing the program. No show tomorrow because it is Mike Tomlin Press Conference Day. Don't miss that one. I'm sure there will be some hard-hitting questions during those 15, 20 minutes for Coach Tomlin. Uh, But we will be back Wednesday at noon, Motes and I, and we will have a whole bunch to get into. Thanks to everybody who chimed in on Twitter. As always, we we appreciate the participation. We'll talk the ins at noon on Wednesday. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR.